that I went to the mass screening in January and because I'm 68 it would be my last mass screening and the mass screening didn't pick anything up and that's fine because you come away confident and then when you get the letter that says it's all fine there is a paragraph that says be careful because actually it can't pick everything up and I think for lots of us we just think oh well that's it I've done the mass screening tick off I go and get on with whatever I'm doing and then about I suppose it'll be five six weeks ago now this pink sort of rash came up and I thought it's the hot weather been in the garden gave it three or four days went to the GP and the nurse practitioner said not too sure we'll give you a week of antibiotics and immediately get you off to the breast unit and because for me this is the second time yeah because you've had this before 18 years ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) I thought okay and I could feel that there was this I keep doing this this solid little lump But you hope that when you go off to the breast unit, they go, it's It's a little cyst, it's nothing. It's nothing, you know, this is the way your breasts are, just fine. But So that was that, and though it was very quick. I mean, the great thing about Adam Brooks is that everything's so fast. So, you know, the Friday you're at the GP, following Friday you're in the rapid access clinic, there you are. And that was the full range of assessments. Lots of women will have been through that. It's, it's you know, the ultrasound and it's the mammogram and seeing the breast nurse and so on. But when it came to the ultrasound, they were... She, the, she disappeared off and said, I'm going to go and have a cup, just talk to a couple of colleagues. And you think, OK, that's fine, we know what you've found. Back she came and then they did biopsies and so on. And because I've been there before... I was completely aware of the fact that this is not good news. But they're brilliant there. You know, then you go into the soft room and have a cup of tea and the advice is, okay, come back next week, bring someone with you. So that was the following Friday. So, you know, it's sort of three Fridays on the run of of how to deal with this. But again, back in that time, took my mum, who's very elderly, 94. And it was quite matter of fact that time. But, you know, I think... You know when you're going to go in that this is, they're going to give you the bad news. Because they, they've kind of prepared you for it. They sort of have. I think you're absolutely right. Because you've been through all of this, they're taking biopsies, they've had a little meeting, and somebody says to you, bring someone with you. Well, yeah. you can't flag up Did they do one. that the first time as well that you went through this? Um, do you um, remember? Yes, I think so. I, th- I think so. And you had a, an idea then as well. I'm just wondering yeah. for the first time people going through this. Yeah. Because it would be such a shock. <laughs> I was looking round in the breast unit at the range of ages. And it struck me last time, and I was just 50 last time. And it's just not what you wanted for your 50th birthday, but there you are. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you look in there, the range of ages of women, some of them are only going to be there because it is a cyst or something or nothing. Mm-hmm. But you have got, um, you know, there was a family there, um, and I assumed it was the mum. She got a teenage daughter and a slightly younger daughter with her, and they were there for the second appointment at the same time as me. And then I realised when they called the name that it was the younger, not the youngest, but the teenage older teenage girl who had her slip in her hand, Oof. and it was her appointment. Oh, gosh. So you're just hoping that that is just going to be okay, we found a system, we'll get on and yeah. drain it now, off you go. I just don't think you're ever prepared. 
I'm very positive about all these things and everybody says to me, you know, oh, you know, it's fine. Mm -hmm. But whatever happens, somebody's telling you that your whole life is about to change for the next six months. Yes. Because you're giving yourself to Adam Brooks and that's it. And you're not going to be well for the next few months and, and you've got this huge thing hanging over you, really. So it was, it's all pretty swift because the following week was oncology um, and I've met the oncologist before because he was my mum's because my mum had breast cancer in her late 80s although it's a completely different variety it's not linked to hers in any way, shape or form but I had met him every year for five years while we did the, you know, the returns there so he said, oh, I've met you and that was fine and then it's really into filling in all the paperwork and, you know explaining what's going to happen and 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 there you are and then I went on holiday for a week they were brilliant because they said I could go the breast unit weren't certain that I would be but the oncologist said well we can't get anything going for 10 days for you anyway back I came from holiday Thursday oncology and then Tuesday last week first lot of chemo so here am I you know the first week of Full of all sorts of noxious, nasty substances. How, how was the first chemo? <coughs> the day is fine. It's it's they make it as lovely as it can be because and it's a friendly place. You sit in your comfy chair. You know, there's people having all sorts of other similar things, immunotherapy and whatever, and they're terribly organised and everybody's incredibly welcoming. And I took a friend with me who'd been through it as well. And, you know, it's just a case of you sit there, you're given your anti-sickness tablet um, to take, you're given a steroid or two to take, um, and then you get two or three lots of this gunk, one, one that's given on a large syringe by the nurse, the other one that comes from the pump while you sit, it takes about two and a half hours, and then you're free to go, and you feel absolutely fine because you're full of steroids, <laughs> and then you're not, and that's the point really but the crucial thing about telling this story which sounds you know sort of grisly is to say that we owe it to ourselves to make sure we don't leave things and that if we have half a doubt just get yourself to the GP and off to the rapid access clinic at the breast unit and um, they will sort it out absolutely and there's no absolutely no hanging around and how have you been feeling since the chemo um <laughs> i felt fine on the tuesday on the wednesday uh, my mum came over i drove her home went shopping thursday i did all sorts of things here in the village and then i ran a choir practice in the evening i felt lovely friday morning oh because by that point the steroids have worn off you get some steroids to you get a day and a half of steroids to take home and then since then it's been like having flu Right, you know, energy levels completely down. The beginnings of small amounts of side effects. I mean, and that's different for everybody. The great thing this time is that it's only four lots. Last time it was six, so that's I'm really pleased not to have an extra six weeks of waiting. But yeah, I mean, I'm not great in the mornings. I went to church on Sunday morning. I made it to the sermon and then came home. Or whoever was preaching, <laughs> you had to just leave. I just left because yes, I just felt to. I was going to pass out, yes. and I was fine when I got out in the air. But it's those sorts of things, and it is about. I'm a really busy person, as we all are, but it's about just saying I'm going to have to pace myself mm-hmm. and do what I can do. And they tell you to do what you do, but spread it over your day. 
don't sleep too much, don't have too many rests. Really? Yeah. Why is that? <clears throat> I think because you do need to keep your energy level up and I think it's very easy to get in a sort of dopey state about things or oh, I don't feel quite well and I'll... I'll just lie down. Yeah, yeah. and just give in to it all. Yeah, yeah. And it is about eating regularly and... and healthily, and, presumably. And healthily, yes. Mm-hmm. And the, Do they give you advice on that, what yeah. to eat? I have two huge folders of information. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that's great, because they are giving you lots and lots of information oh, gosh, yes. about it. And an not left in your own. Oh, absolutely not. Um, you get a little red card to bring home, which you have to carry with you, because if I fall over in the street, someone needs to know I'm a chemo patient. Yeah. There's a 24-hour emergency helpline, and it is manned. You might have to wait if it's in the night. But, you know, if you're in any sort of trouble, you can just phone that, and then the paramedics could come and collect you, and they would take you straight to the ward, not into A&E. So you do feel hugely, hugely supported. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's loads on the internet, but the crucial thing, you know, you've got the number for the breast unit, you've got your named breast nurse, you've got your chemo nurse... So if tomorrow I, w- I thought, oh, I really need to know about this, I can just phone. Yeah. And if necessary, I could just go in. So, yes, I mean, you, you, you are dealing with it on your own, but then you are if you've got flu. Or yes, exactly. There's only so much hand-holding that they can, they can ever do. give you, of course. Absolutely right. Of course. And as long as you're aware of these things are going to actually happen then I think, you know, you can actually deal with it. And the idea is that you will get better during the three weeks. So I'm planning on my calendar. I can do that because it's the beginning of October. And then that first... Oh, so you know by the diary of when yeah. you're having the chemo, when you're likely to feel really bad, yeah. and when you're likely to be able to cope with things, yeah. which is useful. It is, and that's how I worked it last time. And that's completely... So I know I can do a concert the first weekend in October, and I know I can conduct choral evensong here. And then I know I can't do anything much else that following week because I'll be back into the chemo on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So I think you just have to get your head round the fact that this is how it is. Yeah. And that, yeah. you know, from that moment that that first injection was going in, this thing is, is going to be going. It's the first day of recovery, which is the way I look at it. Absolutely. It's a great yeah, way of looking at it. It is. And I, th- I think that's fine. I'm just happy about that. It's just, it's so annoying that, you know, yeah. <laughs> Adam Brooks is organising my life. <laughs> <laughs> but better that than not at all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and side effects, are you prepared for the side effects? Yes. Um, yes and no. Because um, you're not quite sure which ones you will get. I mean, I've got this quite sore and dry mouth. The taste will go. That's a big thing. Most people lose their taste. So the advice is spicy food and, and so on. Um, and lack, lack of appetite, you know, you're going to have to... And you've got to eat regularly, little and often, those sorts of things. The lack of energy is a big thing. And, of course, then the hair will go. Are you sure it will go with yeah. you? It went last time. It went last time. Um, I had it all cut off on Friday, so my this is my hairdresser's new look. And... Um, <laughs> And it's starting to be itchy, so I think it will probably go by the start of chemo too. So I have a referral for the wig clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the wig people, I phoned up to make my appointment. That's in the Maggie's Wallace Centre in Addenbrooke's. And um, they come on a Thursday. And she said, um, well, you've got choices. You can either look how you look, or lots of ladies use this as an opportunity to look completely A makeover. Different. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to do two. I'm going to do one where I can still go into my primary where I'm chair of governors and not frighten the children. <laughs> is one. And then I'm going to do completely wacky out there sort of something with a big oh, Good for you. <laughs> well, you know, if you're going to make something of it, haven't you? Yeah. And I ordered all my little hats and scarves because when it goes, you're suddenly, you know... My cousin, who has no hair, said, now you'll know <laughs> what it's like. But because the weather's getting chillier, you're suddenly aware that, you know, even sleeping, you've got this yeah. whole thing. So I've I've got four or five little hats I bought on the internet last week. So I'm as set up as I can be, really. Mm-hmm. I think it's the crucial thing. Well, we're going to follow your story. Yes, that would be brilliant. And uh, we're going to come back and see how you are shortly. Yeah. And all good luck with it. We'll, Thank you. We'll see you soon. You will, indeed. That'd be wonderful. But the, cru- the crucial thing is just don't leave anything. If you think something's amiss, nip to the GP. Yes, it looked don't put your head under the sand. No. And I saw the nurse practitioner. It doesn't actually have to be the doctor. And she was an ex-midwife. And she just said, OK, this is what I think we're going to do. And that's exactly what I wanted her to say. Was, mm-hmm. We'll send you off and get it checked.